Welcome back to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us once again, and we have another great session for you. This edition is made possible by CARTS, the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to safe and high-quality mobility for all. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, good morning, Fred. Looks like you're healing pretty well. Uh, all superficial. Uh, very nicely. Thank you. Um, and joining us from Sweden once again, we are happy to see the publisher of The Dispatcher, Michael Senna. Hi, Michael. Hi. Great to be here again. Hi, Alan. Hi, Fred. Well, the December issue of The Dispatcher is out and on top. The headline is The Shifting Driverless Car Landscape. Give us the, the broad overview, first of all, here. Well, it was it was the uh, the uh, announcement that Argo AI was was being closed down by its principal owners, uh, Volkswagen and uh, Ford. And um, yeah, what what impact is that going to have on the rest of the industry? Why why did Ford and, and Volkswagen decide to do it? And I've I've tried to cover those issues in the in the um, uh, in the Dispatcher. So I encourage everybody to to get into the the depth of that article. But um, what impact is it having? The fact is that that there there really are two groups that are working on the driverless the, the driverless issue. <clears throat> there's there's the the group that Argo AI was in a sense part of, uh, Cruz and and uh, a few of the others, who are not in the automotive industry they've they've kind of built up through uh, the approach of you know we we we're going to make cars driverless but we're not in the we're not in the car business and then there's the car industry and Volkswagen and, and um, Ford tried to get them to do things that they wanted to have done as well in the car industry and it it, it didn't it just obviously didn't work out so well but the other group which is the automotive industry and all the all the car companies, including Volvo, which I, I give as an, as an example, is the they're the group who are working on what I call the incremental driverless approach, which is eventually you build up the capability of being able to fly by jumping, and this is something that one of the one of the fellows who is and I think the 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 crews one of the one of the founders and and people in crews criticize this approach saying it's you know like the car industry is a, is a, is is trying to to make the cars fly by by getting them to jump higher well i i agree that's exactly what they're trying to do they're trying to make the cars safer and safer and safer by putting more functions in the car so that eventually the cars can be driven driverlessly as opposed to what i call and this is the tesla approach beta testing to death. So on the one hand, we have a guy who's telling people, use your cars, we have full self-driving, knock yourself out, and they do. And on the other side, we have people who are trying to build up the functionality through safety features, which will eventually lead us to capabilities that are closer and closer to driverless. Um, and that's that's basically what what the article is about. It's it's saying Ford and and Volkswagen 
and the other industry players, including Volvo, are going and continuing to go in this line, while companies like Argo AI and I would, I'm I'm going to say that the, these other companies like Cruise, which is part of of, uh, of GM, are eventually either going to be consumed by their their owners, or they're just going to fold because there's no business case. And the amount of money that's been invested in these companies, continuing to be invested in these companies, is, is too great to to hold the weight. So that that's that's what the article is about, and I hope people will read it. Yeah, um, of course, I think it's a fantastic article, and you've done a, a fantastic job in 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 bringing that out. Uh, and um, uh, I don't completely agree, of course. I mean, mm-hmm. otherwise we wouldn't have a conversation here. So <laughs> otherwise, yeah. you know, I mean, just for the, the sake of it, just to, for the debate's sake. The question is, what's the objective function? What are we trying to do? I mean, we're doing this apparently because we're trying to do something. And, and if it is safety, it's one thing. Okay, and and you are Mm -hmm. absolutely right with respect to the safety piece, because as we've argued, I think you sort of agree with me anyway, that most of the safety issue, 90% of it, whatever, a large part of it is due to to misbehavior, failings of of the person, the driver, it should have done better. And in fact, you know, the beauty of what's been developed and what is appearing in the marketplace and what is being purchased by people and for the most part is being used appropriately and not with more more um, mishandling uh, are things that really kind of um, when we um, when we when we become human, bail us out, help us keep us from crashing and those are the wonderful things that are appearing in the in the marketplace i mean you know uh, the what more than 50 percent of the cars available in dealerships now or something like that have have automated emergency braking systems at work and and iihs is finding that in fact uh, the the rear end collision systems and so on that it that uh, the backup systems that exist are, are working really well and data is being accumulated to show that in fact these things are bailing us ourselves out and beautiful i mean this is this is almost safety that is selling okay whereas seat belts safety really didn't i mean maybe maybe airbags sold but you know safety's had a, a, a troubling point and absolutely with respect to the safety piece you're absolutely right. But there could be another objective with all this technology, which is mobility, which is, which is trying to pro- provide to those who, who, for whatever reason, can't drive, go out there. The sun is moving on me. Sorry, I keep moving my camera. Um, and this is going to drive for them as opposed to having a person drive for them. Because the mobility offered by the car, I mean, why is it that, you know, over 90% of the trips are taken by car? I mean, other than walking, okay? You know, the two big mobility things are walking and taking a car. 
And the reason is because of its flexibility, its level of service, its constant. I mean, it's really fantastic. As long as you can have a driver in there, it doesn't cost you anything. So for me, it doesn't cost me anything. So it becomes affordable, unless we're rich people. And so in that one, which we've always argued, is a completely different business in a sense than the safety one. And it's not that we're going to go do this and be unsafe and, and be crazy. But, but there, 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 the kinds of things that Vargo was trying to do, you know, are the kinds of things you end up having to do. My contention is where they went wrong is, 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 and where they're going wrong and continue to go wrong is they're trying to take this thing that is trying to provide mobility that's comparable to what a driver can, can deliver to people that already drive. Yeah, but Alan, so I, I, yeah, I totally, so, so, I totally yeah, agree yeah, with you. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think you do, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah. and we shouldn't mix them. Go ahead, go, go, yeah. go. The, I, we shouldn't mix them. I mean, what I've said here is that, that what these companies are doing is not developing cars that are safer. That's what the car companies are doing. The car companies are gradually yeah, adding the features that will, will provide for safe driving. Yes, they're not. They're not. They're not in the business of providing cars at this point, and their business model isn't providing cars that are driveless. These other these other companies, and this is where I I totally agree with you. These other companies are trying to to develop driverless cars in order to to substitute a chauffeur for the same people who already are driving their cars. And they're missing, they're missing exactly the point that you've identified. They're missing the point that if, if you're going to do this, you're going to have to do it for those people who can't drive, who aren't able to drive. And you have a completely different approach. But unfortunately, the, 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 the people who are providing the money to these, to these folks aren't interested in, in, in having old people and, and infirm people. That's not their business case. Their business case poor is having poor people. Let's call it, let's call it, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, right? Yeah. 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 So it, with, I mean, the, the folks that are working, the, the Auroras, the Cruises, the, 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 um, the Waymos who are working on this, they're, they're attempting to, to develop cars that drive themselves without really having any case business case whatsoever, except that they're going to provide a chauffeur chauffeured car without a chauffeur. Now, who's going to who's going to make the money? Who's going to generate? Who's who's going to be pulling in the income for those those cars? You think they're going to charge less money to the person who's who's using this this service? It's a substitute for Uber. It's a substitute for a taxi. It's a substitute for you know, somebody driving themselves. And that's why I think now, look, I, I admit full disclosure here. I have worked for a car company, actually a car, a truck and bus company and a construction equipment company called Volvo. I was an employee there. And for the last 25 years, I've been working as a consultant to companies like those companies and their tier one suppliers and the people who make them the, the maps that are that are generated. So yes, I am biased, but at some point in time, you've got to use that bias for, for saying things that you think are are 
either correct or at least believable. And this is what I this is why I'm writing the dispatcher. This is why I put those things in the dispatcher. So those arguments are getting in front of people and say, oh, maybe I didn't think of that. Maybe I should consider this as well. And maybe, you know, in some dream, somebody who actually is investing all of this billions of dollars will read it and say, gee, maybe we should be doing something different. Maybe we should be talking to Alan Kornhauser about what they're doing at Trenton Moves. Maybe we should, you know, get our act going into a different direction. Maybe. As, as full disclosure, I must admit, I've never worked for for a car company. I've I've never worked. I mean, you know, I've been in academia all my oh, life in this Princeton bubble. What the hell can I say? So yeah. therefore, you know, I but. You're selling but, your stuff short. We know about ALK. Yeah, yeah, but, 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 but I think this is really important, the discussion we have here. Mm-hmm. Because the technology is somehow close and, 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 sol- and addresses both this problem in this direction and this problem in this yep. direction that the two have been conflated. And, and and it's and and the conflation has to stop. Okay, maybe in the development of the technology, one can help the other. Absolutely, mm-hmm. but really, one has to decide: Are you in it for improving the safety of the people that go out and buy a car in a, in either on the web or on a, at a dealership? You know, we can argue as to what the right way for me to purchase a car. It's going to be mine. Mm-hmm. For which I sit over and I monitor it, and it keeps it keeps me in the loop, and 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 providing this and me in the loop together really has the opportunity to deliver value to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. As opposed to somebody who, oh my goodness, I I have the I can walk or I can take a bus or I can go to you and or, or Fred and say, hey hey, could you want you guys take me please? Okay be my chauffeur, mm-hmm. you know, for those and say, oh my goodness, this stuff might work and we can throw it out there. And in fact, if you look at it, it is really inexpensive. And therefore, yes, absolutely charge less than Uber and Lyft and a taxi and so on. For the, for the market, this is, mobility is a huge market. Okay, it is a huge market. And, and there are facets of it. Some of it is associated with the stuff that we buy to move ourselves. Some of it is to move people. Some of it is to move people that live densely in Manhattans. Oh, give them a subway. Some of them live, you know, sort of sparsely in places like Princeton or Trenton or whatever. It's a different problem. It's a different challenge. People have been trying to provide mobility for them with the tools that they had, the things that they had. They haven't been able to in the last 70 years or hundred or billions of years. But finally, there may be this thing out there that in fact, oh my goodness, it changes their lives. Given this to somebody who already has a car and so on and whatever, you're not going to be as good. No. Okay. You might improve safety a little bit, but the way you really improve safety is make the stuff that they drive, do that, do what they're finally realizing. So it's, it's the deployment piece that's, that's wrong. Some of them decide we're going to deploy in showrooms and cars that we buy. 
But if you're really trying to provide the mobility piece, you got to go out there and provide it to the folks who will say, oh my goodness, this is great. I want to buy that. Ooh, boy, do I love this coffee. I'm going to go in the Starbucks and buy it, okay? But, but to do it where they're doing it, it's, it's, a de- it's a deployment nightmare. Why are you doing it there? You're doing it there for... <laughs> no, those folks, they have so many options. You don't, you don't, you have no chance. They get to pick one, whatever they think is the best. Your chance of being better than, than, than all the other choices they have. That lemonade is not going to sell at that lemonade stand. But there are other lemonade stands where it could sell. Look at them. I mean, there's, they've completely screwed up the deployment. They might have done great testing and, and, and algorithm development and who knows what. and do, 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 do. They screwed up in the marketplace. So no wonder Adam Jonas says, hey, GM Cruise is basically on the balance sheet for GM for the next two years worth. And then mm-hmm. there are people who have invested in Waymo knocking on the door to Alphabet saying, hey, yo, you know, you're putting a lot of money in there. Yeah. where's the revenue are, yeah what are we where's, where's the, the advertising yeah. where's, where's the, the cash they they deserve it while well, they've completely screwed up in the deployment in the marketplace and it's a shame because i think the cruise technology is good i think i think the waymo technology was good probably the argo technology was good but they they, they didn't call me. <laughs> what can I say? I don't know. I'm just, hey, maybe that's not the right one. Maybe there's a better one that, than Trenton. But my goodness, there are reasonable ones. Not in, not in Phoenix where everybody, you think you're going to be better than, than, than some person living in Phoenix that has, that has who knows how many cars sitting right outside their, their kitchen door? Get out of here. You know, Alan, you've been talking about this for so long. But, for so uh, long, it drives with, me with, nuts. But I think you've just explained things uh, much more concisely and 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 focused than you than you have before. Well, I, mean, I think I think it's it's Michael. Yeah, I helped to focus I, the I, mind. No, no, I think by the, I think our discussions <clears throat> here have been critical because this is really, as we've always said, the 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 chrome and fins of this in the safety aspect in improving the car that I buy in the showroom and allowing me to have a more comfortable and a better ride and, and not go boom. That's fantastic. And of course, make sure you do that. Don't make it so that I can accelerate and go zero to 60 and <laughs> minus 0.2 seconds and and drive at 107 miles an hour down Cleveland lane. I mean, that's no, to make sure that I don't back up over a kid as I'm backing up over, uh, you know, out of my park, uh, out of my driveway. Absolutely. Help me. You know, I turn my head. I turn my head. I look all over. I didn't see it. Help me if you see it. And this is where they're going. And this is beautiful. Interesting. Right. You know, some, some of the Madison Avenue message, we'll move on in a second, but some of the <laughs> Madison Avenue message has been focused more on on the magic, like uh, daddy takes his hands off the wheel while the child is in the back seat and gasps 
it's not so much on, on the, they're not talking about the safety as more about the magic with some of this anyway. Yeah. They're, they're trying to sell glitz and it's a shame because fundamentally this is really good. And it's not that I can take my hands off the wheel, please. To me, you know, and maybe I'm just a weirdo. It's that I can take my feet off the pedals. Because otherwise I'm there pushing, pushing this, pushing that, trying to make sure I don't go through so that comes behind me and da, 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 you know. And what, what is shocking is that the whole transportation in, in industry, the, you know, departments of transportation, I have yet to see a sign along any roadway that says, hey, Use your cruise control if you have it. And if you have intelligent cruise control, use it. Oh my goodness, you're gonna, if, if I go at constant speed, guess what? You know, the drag, which goes as V cubed, whatever, the, it's, it's the high part of the, when I go fast, that I cause a lot of the environmental problems. But if I can just go constant instead of fast, slow, fast, slow, fast, slow, fast, slow, environmentally i'm good and i smooth that traffic flow and all that no but how many cars have cruise control now and intelligent cruise control pretty soon it'll be more than 50 percent of them well there there are some enlightened areas of the world where where, intelligent, where intelligent cruise control is is actually part of the the uh of the future of all cars Within well, the EU, I mean, gradually within the EU, with type approval, these types of things are getting put into all of the cars. I think it's fantastic, but so yeah. far, I don't know. Maybe I just stay in the Princeton bubble and I don't see what's going on around here. It completely shocks me. This is stuff that's out there. You don't even have to do that. You could implement. And what's it going to save in fuel economy? Whether it's it's you know electricity or whatever, you know. Small amount, but over such a big number is it's a big thing. Yeah, and it's it is. free. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> we digress. Let's get back to more more of the All dispatcher because right. there's yeah. more in there. There Got is, there. Uh, <laughs> Michael. You write about the move by GM, Stellantis, and VW Group to pause paid advertising on Twitter, and they certainly aren't alone since Elon Musk's takeover uh, at the at the end of October. Yeah. Well, you read it, so you know that what I've tried to do in the article was was to uh, to kind of what is it? That, how did Tesla get to where it is, and what what are we looking at in terms of a company moving forward? And I and I use the the um, the metaphor of of um, Elon Musk as a as a pizza parlor owner who moves into a town where he doesn't really know how to make pizzas, but there's a lot there's a there's one good pizza pizza parlor. You know, it's it's been there for many years, and Elon Musk moves in with a recipe that he won in a in a card game, and uh, he begins to tell people that you know you have to eat my pizzas because my pizzas are made with things that don't harm the environment, and he gets subsidies from the schools, and he's they start to to you know distribute pizza his uh, <laughs> pizza hats and. And eventually he makes so much money with all of the subsidies that he's now buying up the entire town and he becomes the richest guy in the, in the, in the cities, in the city. And the other business people are going to have to decide. And then, and then he buys the newspaper in the town. 
So he buys the one newspaper in the in the city, and all the people in town who are business owners have to either decide whether they're going to to advertise the pizza owners are going to have to advertise their their pizza parlor and in his newspaper giving him more money or whether they're going to pull their ads and this is the situation that you have with the car companies the car companies are in the business of selling cars and he's in the business of selling cars but now they have to decide whether they're going to put advertisements in his newspaper called twitter or they're going to pull those ads because every every penny they put or every dollar they put into into the advertising in his newspaper is going into his pocket so that he can compete them out of business. That's the situation that we have. Now, how Elon Musk was was able, I know there are laws in the United States that prevent this kind of thing from happening, but how he was able to even get in the position of buying Twitter, which is a place where everybody all of these companies have an enormous amount of money, probably more going into Google and, and Facebook. But what's to prevent him now from buying Facebook? Or you know, what what's the situation that when 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 Amazon not Amazon, but but uh, if Google decided it was going to start selling cars, are they competing with the people who are putting the money into? I mean, th- th- these are the kinds of things that, that have to be considered. But somehow he's managed to get to get through all of this. And at the same time, all of the people who thought they were part of his magic kingdom have found that 50% of the value in his stock has just disappeared ever since he he put a bid in for, for Twitter because he's farting around with, with Twitter and he's not doing the business he should be doing. He's he's destroying one company, but at the same time, he's, he's lost half the, vol- the value in the company that's paying all the bills. Now, I don't buy, I would never buy stock and I would never buy a Tesla. I've said this many times. I'd never buy a Tesla. I'd never buy stock in Tesla. I I wouldn't have anything to do with that guy or anything that he had something to do with. But those people who have, have just lost 50% of whatever they put into it. Of course, it depends, but the stock price is where it was two years, uh, 2020. In the, in the beginning of, of 2020, it's back. It's back down there. It's lost half, 50 percent of its of its value. That's why I wrote the article. Not because you know I don't care what he does with Twitter, but it's affecting the people who are in this industry, and and it's affecting the car industry. So, what would you do? I, would you would you would you keep the, putting the, ads, the, putting your Michael, ads in Twitter? But Michael, Michael, yeah. Michael, that's his brilliance. Yeah. Okay, his I don't. Brilliance. I don't put those two. I don't put those words together. Elon Musk and brilliance. Somebody sent me something. You know, our good friend, our good friend Ken Ken Powell sent me something. You know, he's he's the next Edison. That, you know, I don't care. Edison. I don't know. I didn't know. Well, I don't, you know. well, you know, you have some issues with Edison and Westinghouse and a whole bunch of other things that, yeah. that in the end don't look pretty. And, and you know, and if one look yeah. looks at Henry and Henry Ford and, and basically, you know, you know how he built yeah. the Ford Motor Company and basically uh, uh, doing vertical integration of, of all the pieces and controlling and, and so on and so forth. You know, these and, and these are normal processes, not normal, but, you know, others have done 
it. There are laws against this in the U.S. Now, of course, not a lawyer and whatever and so on. But, mm-hmm. but you you make a you make a very good point, and I think your 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 little town uh, uh, analogy. Uh, you know, I think you were thinking of Scranton again, except you. Oh, you, Forge. You, 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 you failed to mention that you know some people from Scranton end up in 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 the White House, but you know whatever, and so can do stuff mm-hmm. about it and mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and I, even this morning Ginrich or something like that said good things about Biden I mean can you I mean that's why I'm in such a good mood I mean my goodness wow oh, wow I mean finally and uh, uh Mike you know so so things are things are turning yes mm-hmm. absolutely and 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 you know to me the other my other mm-hmm. the other love in my life I have other loves in my life as you must well know uh, is is of course SpaceX and 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 what they're doing and and yes do I uh, yes I still want to go to Mars and all that stuff wanted to go to Mars for sixty years but whatever mm-hmm. um, um, uh, it, it hopefully it doesn't affect them but but it may and some people say oh my goodness what are you doing there and you're running roughshod over mm-hmm. you know South Texas and so on and so forth but in the end. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but you yeah. you make a very good point. Um, yeah. um, uh, <clears throat> what for good or for bad? What Elon I think has done is certainly probably but certainly I would say without Elon we wouldn't be where we are in electric vehicles. Maybe we shouldn't be where we are in the Well, you know how I feel about yeah, that. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. No, I, I know. And and so <laughs> I, I say, you know, that that that's another one. And 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 I agree with you. I you know, it the 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 again a few days ago we were playing around with the uh with, with the energy flow charts for mm-hmm. of, of of Lawrence Livermore and I encourage all of our audience to you know take a look at those things because they 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 tell you so much about the economy of the of the entity for which those flow charts, energy flow charts, um, are are uh, generate their get their data or represent. I mean, it's it just tells you one how people live, how, how people their opportunities and 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 what their options might be going going in the future. I mean, fundamentally. On, on a you know on a on a fun, you know absolute fundamental basis and and they all look different we we are are we really going to put together a little game here here's a chart who is yeah, it? Who is it? yeah. yeah because <clears throat> because you know you, 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 they're, they're so different there's uh, you know instead of face recognition we should do you know yeah. energy country chart, right? Con- <laughs> energy country or state right? Yeah. or state or whatever yeah. because and these are these are really substantive constraints on what your what opportunities are available to you because because energy is fundamental to quality of life yeah you know i mean whether it's food you know attraction whatever mm-hmm. that all we and 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 you look at i don't know the whole advancement of of advancement as it has been in, in in human life has been you know getting energy and making it appropriate you know why do we have you know cities located near waterfalls energy 
I mean, that's the reason. You know, why did you domesticate animals? Well, in part to eat them, but energy. Uh, I mean, kidding me? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that, that issue sometimes eludes people, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's uh, the most important one. Well, related to this, uh, Michael, yeah. in the in the in the dispatcher, you have an update for us on China, with the headline "China Inc. Global Automobile Monopoly," and we aren't just talking about battery electric vehicles. Yeah, I've yeah up up, uh, up until this issue, I focused on on what China has been doing, or why China has is now the leader leading um, producer China Inc meaning all of the companies in China which are organized and run by the the Chinese Communist Party um, the um, they were able or let's say they were forced to to uh, hop over the entire ice internal combustion engine technology because they they could never master it but what they did do and they and they and the the facts that I've been able to, to assemble are in this article. So again, I, I go to that article to get the, the facts, but what they were able to do is to, to assemble all of the, the components for batteries. They were able to develop um, along with, a, the, with the help of, of the other people, including Tesla, to be able to develop the concept of the, of the electric platform. And then, Based on that, with the, with the monopoly that they had created in the in the battery creation, both all the way from the from the raw materials to the processing of those raw materials, they own it in the same way that they've done same thing they've done with aluminum, and with steel, and with baseball caps, baseball hats. Um, they've done this with with the uh, electric car business. So now, now they've got the electric car business essentially, and they're now they're beginning to move their electric cars into Europe, and then eventually, within a few years, into the United States markets. They're coming in at at a price point which nobody can compete with, and they're coming in with cars which they claim, I I, I would say they they are they're they're totally overrated, but they're claiming that these cars are equal to the Amer American and and, and uh, U.S. And, and European cars. They're not, but they're claiming, and they're getting a lot of free press from from the, the motor industry, motor journalism industry. For some reason, I don't know why, uh, they are here in, in Europe, uh, particularly in, in uh, Sweden, because really the governments are trying to push electric cars. So they're coming in with electric cars. Now, there's no way, there's no chance of, all cars being electric, we know that it's going to take another 30 years before that we have even even close to 50% of the cars in the world. Now we're talking about a billion, a billion cars that are there now, 100 million cars approximately being sold per year. Half of the cars in best case or worst case, however you want to put it, are going to continue to be ICE vehicles in places like you know, all of Africa, all of in most of India, most of China, 
um, and, and large parts of other, other areas will continue to be ICE vehicles because the inf infrastructure won't be there. They can't afford the, the what it's, what's going to cost to charge it. All of these. these they won't have the electricity. And they won't have the electricity. We, well, I've already gone through this issue. They won't have the electricity to look be able to, to manage flow, these cars. Look, okay. at the, look at the energy Ex flow chart for, for China. Yeah, exactly. Look at where the, it gets its electricity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go. All the, elect the electricity is that's that's the issue. Yeah. But so now you've got half of the half of the cars are going to be continue to be ICE vehicles. But what are the car companies doing? They're falling all over themselves. And Volvo is a very good example of this, saying by 2030, we are not going to make any any more ICE vehicles. Now, who owns Volvo? You could say, well, it's a public company. It just didn't it do an IPO. Yeah. 18% of it is owned by the public. The rest of it is owned by Geely. Now, Geely, and please please do this. If you're interested in this, go to the article. Geely, which owns Volvo, managed to get Volvo to turn over to Geely 60% in a joint venture, all of its ICE technology. They created a JV. In, and that was going to be in Sweden. They created this JV, and the ice, these ice, the internal combustion engines were now going to be built by this joint joint venture. And those would go into cars, Geely cars, and they would go into whatever Volvo cars might possibly use this somewhere in the world in the future. They wouldn't be Volvo cars because Volvo said we're we're not going to have any ice vehicles. Within a, within less than a year. Geely managed to get Volvo to sell, however that transaction occurred, we don't really know, to Geely now all of the technology. So Volvo, having spent 100 years approximately developing the best, some of the best ICE technology, now owns none of it. It is all in Geely's hands. What did Geely do? It turned around and made two approaches, one to Stellantis, the other one to Renault, to create joint ventures where they would share the ICE technology. Geely had no ICE technology, and whatever ICE technology they had developed in China it was crap. They know that. That's why they bought Volvo in the first place. So Geely is now doing, Geely, and then Geely's not alone in this. This is another part of the strategy. Geely's not Swedish? I thought Geely was Swedish. Oh, you, you because Li Shu Fu, who call me Eric, Li Shu Fu, who's now Eric Shu Fu, or you know, whatever. Um, Eric Lee, I, 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 Eric I, I, Lee was Li Shu Fu. Yeah, I, I wanted you uh, to repeat that because yeah. I'm not sure the audience yeah. heard that. Geely yeah. is Geely is a very Chinese company, yes. and Geely has done a marvel. Li Shu Fu has done a marvelous job of managing everything related to to Volvo and getting as much out of Volvo as he possibly could have gotten including now putting in this this nice fellow Mr. Rowan from from Scotland who who's there he has he has no experience in the car industry but I'm sure he's going to do a great job for for Julie and Li Shufu as he continues to move further into this into this business but this is not a one off this and and Julie's Julie's did a terrific job as a point company to begin to control buy and control 
Western technology. They haven't really done a very good job of, of getting the U.S. companies. But now with Stellantis, which of course owns Chrysler, uh, they're pulling Chrysler into this along with Fiat and, and you know Opel and all the other Peugeot and you know the other companies Citroen. Um, they're 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 creating this this new group which will control the other half. So now you've got China controlling the 50% of which all the cars that are going to be. Then you say, well, you know, aren't isn't General Motors making electric cars? Isn't you know, yeah, they are now. But what happens when everybody is buying Chinese cars because they can, you know, they get along just about as well as the other cars, and they're half the cost or a quarter of the cost. And then once you've you've competed all these other companies out of the out of the business, then you can do whatever you want with them, which is what China has done in in other industries. You know, gradually the prices go back, go start to go up. I know I don't think you pay the same for your for your you know make a, make America great again hats that are bought in China um, today as you as they were you know four or eight, four or six years ago. You know, prices go up. That's what this article is about, and I'm going to I'm going to continue to to put this information there, and people can do whatever it is they want to do with it. But uh, but you know. Michael, you're biased. Yeah. What am I biased so against? Not against. I mean, look, if you if you were Chinese, what would you do? If but you I ain't, have, but if, I, ain't I ain't Chinese. I, I know, but but I'm no. saying if you were if you I'm, were Chinese and you had 1.4 billion people and you were yeah. trying to do an economy and you were looking at what can what consumer product should I try to be a major part of? Whoa, what's at the top of the list? Terrific. Probably. And all I'm all I'm uh, yeah, saying, I'm, yeah, I'm saying, I'm, yeah, yeah, look, I mean, I'm yeah. saying I'm not Chinese. Okay, yeah, no, I know. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an Italian American. Swede, and and I'm I'm looking out I'm, for I'm my a guys. Ukrainian, I'm French, looking, American, or I don't. I'm know. looking out for my guys. I don't I don't want the the car industries in this in Sweden, in Europe, and North America to be run by Chinese companies. I just don't want that. Yeah. And I don't think. And I think all the things that the United States and President Biden has been doing basically agrees with that because that's not in their interest that's yeah. not in america's that's interest not, that's not in our interest what, no. let me ask another question on this line to, to what extent does it, this looks like deja vu all over again uh, with respect to the japanese entering the auto manufacturing business and now it's 40 years ago or 50 years ago and mm -hmm. so on mm -hmm. you know in some sense the same thing coming out of world war ii wanting to improve their their uh, their economy seeing mm -hmm. hey what should i go after doing that doing a bunch of things coming mm -hmm. in here i mean you know it my 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 first set of in-laws worked uh, worked at the General Motors plant in uh, in uh, Trenton. And my goodness, if you drove up and uh, if you went and parked your car at the General Motors plant with a Japanese car, uh, you came out of your shift work and and <laughs> the car wasn't. I mean, you know, it was it was sitting there on cinder blocks. Yeah. Okay, so uh, talk to me here. You know, any anything that we can take from that experience to help us here? Yeah. Go um, ahead. Name one Western car company 
that was bought by a Japanese car company. Well, I mean, you you didn't have to be that easy on me to give me a good answer. <laughs> hey, you get A plus. Yeah. Way to go. I mean, yeah, I don't make very uh, hard exams, do I? <laughs> yes, no. go. Yeah. Right. There, they, there was the, the reason that the Japanese car companies have succeeded and and also the reason that the south south korean car companies are yeah. succeeding is because they make really good cars and they they went through the process of producing the cars not through not toyota didn't have any joint yeah they they had some help along the way in the in the early days and with the, with honda, ford honda honda was really early in the process too yeah, but they yeah, but no, the, no. they they developed they developed the technology they put cars in the market they listened to the people who were buying them they improved the cars and over the years they've they've built up their companies by building better and better cars they haven't built up their companies in the way the chinese have done by forcing them to 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 hand over the the intellectual property by creating situations where you can't you can't you can't compete with them you have to work with them and then eventually taking that technology and they've done it with everything they've done it with 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 airplanes with 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 high speed trains you name it with steel with with um, nuclear power plants from from France it's it's that's it and the whole idea is that once you've built all of this you just you just you you own it you you have you have the entire market to yourself and all of the the what's what's been sucked out has been sucked into to China and i don't believe that's the way what the world should work that's all i'm saying that's yeah, well, that's all I'm saying. And the the thing that I see that that th this occurred in all of these industries while while you know the the government, the senators and the and the House of Representatives and the presidents were saying, yeah, great, this is terrific, and they were listening to to the the consultants and and the, the economists saying, you know, the globalization is going to be really good because we're all going to be we're all going to be better off Every, the prices will be lower and we'll all do what we what we do best well gosh you know it didn't turn out that way it's turned out in a in a very different way and that's why the the, the former guy got elected in the first place and could very well come back to do it again because there are a lot of people out there who lost their jobs for for reasons that they never should have lost their jobs they didn't benefit from that the people who benefited from it are the ones who've you know created gl more globalizations and they're people that we know some of them went to a lot of them went to princeton um and and you know it's not helping societies it, it it's not helping societies that's all and yeah well, that's what well, i write about i know which is great which is why we love uh, reading you and having you on here and and, and talking i mean it, it yeah. is one of the unfortunate parts of capitalism is mm -hmm. the unfortunate part of capitalism is what you want to do is to create a monopoly <laughs> because then you can really capitalize mm -hmm. and so not having all this nice competition is kind of nice but once you get an opportunity to grab it all see oh man everybody gets greedy uh, come on you don't have to think about that one that's true but whatever maybe maybe yep. not i mean i mean you look at yeah, I mean, you look at any Google wants to be, Amazon wants to be, uh, you know, Facebook wants to be, you know, Ford Motor Company, Henry wanted to be, you know, uh, Edison wanted to be, uh, you know, be the, 
big, you know, and so on. And, you know, and he, now we have Elon wants to be. Uh, you know. hmm. One other story yeah. from the dispatcher to touch yeah. on, we'll, we'll just do it quick, is the yeah. in the musing section, you write about uh, city obstacle courses. Cities have forgotten what sidewalks are for. Uh, yeah, what do you think? I mean, what do you think? I, I, did did I get my point fantastic. across? Oh, did did you get your point across? And it is so true. And it is it is really, I you know, sidewalks are really important. Are really important for people to walk. Okay, because in the end, you can't really get to every place you need to get to from to and so on. You need you need to, you need to somehow aggregate yourself to a, to a point, and and that's what sidewalks do. And, and you did. can't or did, and 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 you know to, again not to not to go back to you know what I pitch, but the whole move style thing of trying to provide mobility is to improve also the accessibility network, which is sidewalks that will allow you to get to a kiosk where now hey you just can't walk that far you hop on something that bridges you over, for which yeah. it then takes you someplace that you walk to. And again, the elevator analogy to me is the exact same way. You have a nice entrance from the doors through the through the whatever and so on and so forth to the elevator bank. And it then takes you up and then you have a nice sort of, you know, walks to your room or to your or to your apartment or to your flat. <clears throat> yeah. So it, I'll, it I'll, I'll continue your analogy. Yeah. If what, I, what I've said about the the uh, sidewalks. We all we haven't had sidewalks forever. We had the the Romans built sidewalks. They were nice sidewalks. They they were next to the roads and people walked on them. And the the main what I've said is there there are two reasons for having sidewalks. One was to to make sure that there there was a place where people could walk without being run over by the vehicles, whatever those vehicles were, whether they were being driven being pulled by by uh, horses or but whether being you know automobiles that's that was purpose one and we began to get sidewalks when people were were starting to be able to walk and that's only it's not that long ago it's 100 150 years ago that we began to separate the other reason for sidewalks was as i said to keep the shit off the shinola now, anybody who's our age knows that Shinola was a shoe polish. And the reason that, that we have curbs was to keep all of the effluent that was on those streets from the from whatever it was, mostly horses, from coming into the place where people were walking with their shoes, you know, the ladies' dresses that were going down. So that's the those are the two purposes, the main purposes of sidewalk. Otherwise, you know, you just had a you had a building and you had a road and you didn't need anything. But if you had a building in the road, you had shit on the road from the from the horses and you had then it rained and then it came into your house. Well, that's not a good idea. So even in the in the, the minimum was to have something that separated that road where all the shit was from your house, which is where you didn't want it to be. And over, and then then I move into the the fight between the power struggle, and that power struggle was between two forces: the force that built those sidewalks in the beginning, Hausman, 
and then Robert Moses in New York City and other places where they began to build cities that had streets and they had sidewalks. That's how, you know, that's, that's what began to happen. And then you had sidewalks that were made for walking and they were, they were, they were people had laws. They made laws for these, these sidewalks. They were made for walking. They weren't made for all of the things that began to happen. And when did those things begin to happen? When the forces of we are the people, we are able to control everything around us. And, and who, you know, somebody pops up again from Scranton, Jane Jacobs. I, I don't, you know, I don't know. Scranton is not the center of the world. But somehow it is. Yeah, it's all kinds of things happen in Scranton and related to Scranton. Well, Jane Jacobs, who was born in Scranton and left left Scranton in nineteen thirty in the early nineteen midnight nineteen thirties with her sister, went to live in New York City, and became the the grand madam of urban planning. She had no training. She didn't go to college. She had no training in urban planning, but she wrote a great book. And again, this, that story is important. And why did she write it? And how did she write it? And what she wrote about? And she got into one of these kinds of fights with the biggest and most important and most influential and most powerful person in New York City, Robert Moses. And they both lost. And the result of both of them losing was that the street became more and more controlled by the people and less and less controlled by the governments who own the who own not own them but control them they gave them they gave them over they gave them up they said you know you want it you want it you have the power you take care of it you do whatever you want with them and this, the, what I show is in, in the article and the photos that I show in the article are the result of that of people taking over the sidewalks to do whatever it is that, that they want to do. They move, they're moving out their restaurants, they're, they, you know, they're putting up their own signs, they're controlling everything that's in those that sidewalk and negating the fact that that sidewalk really is there for people to be able to move. You know, the construction sites move into the sidewalks, they start storing things in the sidewalks, and suddenly you're not able to to if you're in a wheelchair, if you're in a if you if you're feeble um and you're on crutches, whatever. You know, I've had my knee replaced a year ago. I know what it's like to try to move around places where you don't, you know, you can't move around very easily. And the cities somehow said, you know, it's not it's not up to us anymore. It's not our business. You do whatever you want. And then they started to 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 allow people to do things in those those sidewalks, which they weren't allowed to be be able to do before. And in the end of the article, I said, well, you know, maybe in the in the future, sidewalks will be an attraction. They'll be like the the uh, elevated um, the elevated sidewalk in New York City. Where you know you've got a you've got an association to uh, that takes 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 care of it, and you walk up, you go up there, and you walk, and you, you, no no bicycles, no scooters allowed, and you what do you do? You walk. Oh, wow! So it becomes yeah. becomes something, but it's not what sidewalks were meant to be. The, the problem line. now, the problem I have right now, the High Line is the High Line. I, I guess it's it, nice. It, it is. It is very nice. It is yeah. very nice. But it, but what is it? it? It's an amusement park. It's an amusement park, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we yeah. have our sidewalks have become amusement parks. 
unfortunately, the more that I've gotten into this, the worse I the worse I am. I mean, I walk around in a city right now and I just spending all of my time picking up scooters and moving bicycles and you know and being angry and talking to people and saying, you know, how do you allow this to happen? You know, yeah. why why are you why are you putting up with this this stuff? The thing that that you know in in Portland, the city giving up the entire area, saw all the sidewalks to homeless people. That was another example that I've used in there. Yes, homeless people are, are they need help, but they don't need help by, by putting them in the sidewalks and put and putting up tents in the sidewalks because what are the people who need those sidewalks, who really do need to walk on those sidewalks? What are they gonna do? They're gonna walk into the, in the, in the street. It's terrific that we have bike lanes, but if you have bike lanes that are that are somehow in, encroaching into the area that that were that were sidewalks, and now you've got sidewalks instead of being this wide, they're this wide, and then you've got people in, in wheelchairs and people who are you know groups of people, and and it's it's a mess, and it's the reason it's a mess be, is because we've given up the power to to everyone who says I want to do whatever I want to do, and you can't you can't stop me because you know it's my right. And I think we have to start. We have to start thinking about what it is that the sidewalks are supposed to be doing, and how can we be sure that they they're doing them correctly? To me, sidewalks are, are are you know sort of the fundamental fabric of a community that brings a community together and allows you mo- efficient mobility within the small. Mm-hmm. And it's really important to, to for that community and 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 and. and to have some amount of cohesion and some amount of friendliness and interaction and so on. That's at least for some, those many and those that can't also, you know, with wheelchairs to be able to get around and see their neighbors and be part of a community, a local yep. community. It's, it's, it's not a New Jersey turnpike that you go through. It's, it's, yep. it's, to, it's to be able to provide you that, that togetherness. And, and again, not to, again, for the stuff that I pitch, but the whole trend and the move style is to say, Hey, you don't just get picked up anywhere, anywhere with these things and dropped off anywhere. You're picked up at points in which you can be well taken care of. And now we're going to provide the accessibility to all the other places through the sidewalk network. And the sidewalk mm-hmm. network is really important. That's where yes. the infrastructure, you look at any tall building, that again, back to the elevator analogy. There's a, there's a very pleasant way to get to the elevator bank and a very pleasant way to get get to where you're actually going on the other end. Same thing on on a network part. You you need that, and that's to me that's. I think that that's the most efficient way and a good way to do it. But but my goodness, it's like hitting, you know, you got to hit people over the head. And here, I mean, where have we gotten to here in Princeton? People don't even want sidewalks. Oh my goodness, it's going to bring drug dealers. What? Get out. I mean, to my neighbor. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe there should be drug dealers in your I don't know, but I mean, my goodness. I mean, what the heck? You put a fence around yourself. Get out of here. Yeah. Great discussion. So let's move on to the latest smart driving cars yeah. for, for a short time here, sure. Alan. Uh, for, from Axios, you have a piece headlined, The Smartest AI is Dumb Without People. And there's a line in here that reads, for all the talk of computers replacing or even replicating human activity, the most powerful use of them may be to help humans do their jobs better. Did you write that? <laughs> 
Boy, I wish I did. I mean, that maybe Michael wrote it or something. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's this, it's been crazy. It's been absolutely crazy for the last one. Oh, AI is going to do you, you, you know, about, you know, um, um, uh, machine learning and, uh, you know, and, and big data and you just throw the data in there and it's going to give you the answers. Are you, are you kidding? Are you joking? And finally, some people are they're finally starting to write about it and say, come on, these are tools to help. Okay, and getting back to our original topic, you know, which is where the OEMs are coming, these are tools to help to improve safety. Beautiful, beautiful, okay? And I think even on the driverless world, okay, these are tools to help mobility. But that doesn't mean that you don't have an entity over top of it watching it actually controlling it and anybody that calls any of this stuff autonomous autonomous bull these things aren't making the decisions as to as to you know really what to do they're making mediocre you know all that little pizza you know, how i should root from a to b but they're not saying hey you will go to b from a it's people that are doing that we're, the whole deployment of you know getting the view these 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 things wouldn't be doing decisions and the thought the thought that anybody would have in any application is, is like goofy and of course you know I I pitch my my uh, Lars company Stratify in in fintech oh my goodness you know guess what when you train these models on old data all the old data is biased. It has all the redlining in it. It has all the ugliness. And guess what kind of answers it's going to give you? Same answers you, you put in in the first place. So if you're really trying to be equitable, you better put somebody's brain into it. People have to be looking over this stuff. You have to have visibility into what's going on. You're not, nobody's going to say, hey, yo, you guys go do it. Really? Nobody's that irresponsible. Michael? No, oh, yeah. I... yeah. I mean, it's obvious. <laughs> obvious. I mean, this is Sunday supplement. Who knows what has gone out there that people have been repeating. Oh, AI, AI, AI. There's no AI. We're nowhere near it. Whatever it does is like, you know, the simplest little task. And the AI, I can't tell you the number of press releases I get in every every day almost uh, talking about AI this and AI that and consumer products. So over, <laughs> over you. I just hope that finally some things, the president, the, the Axios came out with this this morning and so on. It's going to go out there and say, bull, forget about it. This, this is worse than, than, the, than, than crypto. Crypto and this, same bag. I mean, get out of here. Both are, hopefully both are crashing. What what we have, what I've seen is, as a difficulty with any discussions about artificial intelligence is that there's, there's for some reason, there's a resistance to either getting, trying to get a better understanding of what artificial intelligence is and that the, that there are different levels of artificial intelligence it you can't just have a general term of artificial intelligence and and, and make that apply to everything artificial general intelligence is 
artificial intelligence, which is capable of performing as close to human tasks as possible. What we have today, and we don't have artificial general, general intelligence, and most, <laughs> and, and most people who are working with this say exactly that. We're not even close. But we do have very effective artificial intelligence that's used for performing single tasks, whether it's whether it's it's winning a chess game or or go or coming up with a with a suggestion for the, the right insurance for you based on the input that you've got. It's doing one task, but it's not performing a task like which which requires all kinds of, of sense sensory in, input of driving a car. Do, do, wait know. a minute. Do you real do you have any idea how much easier um, a chess is than figuring out what kind of insurance is good to me? Okay, yeah. what yeah. kind of insurance is good to me involves all sorts of things about me and society and how I interact with it and all kinds of details. Yeah, but you it know, doesn't. But, no, but wait, no, wait a no. minute. Well, wait, wait. Yeah. Let me finish. Let okay. me finish. Yeah. You know, chess says I take your king. Yeah, the objective but, is so damn easy. Yeah, but on a so scale, easy. You, yeah. you, 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 you know what that 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 is not doesn't take intelligence to be able to. Grab your king. Yeah, that, I, that's... I, I have just a few options of things that I can do compared to what things that you can do to be able to. It's clear that I want to grab your king before you grab my king. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Trivial. That doesn't take intelligence. That's not what we do as humans. That, uh, we well, take very complex things that involve all sorts of who knows what the dee da do da da that we don't even know. It's Alan, even you've, undefined you've just, and changed. Yeah, you've you've proven my point. This yeah, is I know. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. That's what I, I tried here, to do. Playing playing chess. Yeah. Playing chess is you know it's down here. Getting getting a deciding on an insurance policy with all of the input. You need to put an awful lot of input into to this decision, but it, it you can apply different types of artificial intelligence because they're different, you know, neural networks and, and and all of these things. Driving a car, driving a car is way up here, yeah, because it takes it takes a human being making decisions on a on you know continuous basis to be able. to to drive a car it's, it's landing it's, it's not only that it has to respond to a bunch of other a whole host of other folks making decisions as to what they're going to do that's going to happen so yeah. the uncertainty that's associated it's not gaussian it's maybe slightly gaussian you can't even assume it you can't assume it to be gaussian because it's a weird stuff that's going to nail you Okay, it is enormous, it, it, and, and you don't even know what it is. Yeah. Okay. But what I was what I was, sa what I was saying, Alan, what <laughs> I was saying was that it, it, most people who are talking about artificial intelligence aren't looking at the spectrum. They're saying artificial intelligence. Well, that does everything. So if you're using artificial intelligence, it's going to drive a car. It's going to play play chess it's going to do it's going to it's going to paint your cars in a, in, a, in, a, in a factory and all of these things are are being applied because it's not because that they can't that, that people don't have the range 
to, to understand this. It's just that if they were going to be, if they were going to have to understand all of this, they'd have to be able to read you know, enough books to be, to be informed well enough to make those decisions. And they're not, you know, it's a Senator wants to make a, I mean, I mean, I know that the United Nations is, is, has, and the EU and, and different organizations in the United States, they have, they have associations and they have committees and they're AI, they're called AI committees. You know, they're not called let's play, let's play chess AI committees or let's drive a car committee. They're AI committees. And they're looking at this as just one big box with, with all of these things in there. And eventually AI is, is, you know, a human being pops out of the box. Well, we can do a lot with AI, artificial intelligence at a very low level and not playing chess, but making decisions where data has to be analyzed and processed and you can use the, 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 the technologies and techniques which AI comprises to be able to do these things without having to go full bore and, and having people driving cars. I mean, that's... Yeah, but why, why, I mean, you can call these things any way you want, or anything you want. I'm calling them artificial intelligence to me is, is just wrong. The same reason, you know, why I invented the word, you know, smart driving car. It's just, because there is no intelligence in it, artificial or otherwise. Okay. It, it just, it's, it doesn't exist. I mean, it's an algorithm that takes some data and makes some comparisons and ends up, you know, deciding and, and doing simple comparisons in terms of, of, of what one is better than the other over a very limited set of options that doesn't include the tough ones okay there, so it different... is not intelligence it, it just isn't it just it just and, and, well i don't know i don't know what one wants to one wants to call what we do up here okay. but it is we... nowhere it's nowhere near what an ant does yeah it's probably but... nowhere near a, a a what a single cell organism does it's all crap. It's putting a name on who we're going to call it artificial intelligence. We're going to call it machine learning. Machines don't learn. Cut it out. Sure, you can put a gizmo and a gizmo and a gizmo and it forces the thing to go like this. Great. That's not learning. So you're, what you're saying is that there is no artificial intelligence because artificial intelligence has to be artificial general intelligence, which is human beings. Well, I don't know what intelligence is, okay? Uh, maybe we should start with the definition of the word intelligence. And do we have to put a word, an, uh, uh, something before it, like general, as opposed to stupid, as opposed to, uh, I don't know, as opposed mm -hmm. to crapola. I, I don't know, but this, I mean, the, the language is just, oh, I'm going to take what I have and I'm going to elevate it in, in how people think about it by putting onto it intelligence. Is it an Ivy League intelligence or is it just a state school intelligence? I, I, I mean, this is crap. It's just crap. And, well, and, you know, I mean, come on, cut it out. During, it's during, an insult to us. During the next month. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm trying to put this 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 is the key this is the only article that's going to be in the next issue of the dispatcher okay so the january okay. issue 
it's it's about automotive general it's about automotive artificial intelligence good we'll do it do it in the automotive scope i'd love to see you do it and focus on it but come on i mean come on you know what's deep learning holy macro i got two gazillion knobs and i have to figure out what value they're going to have that's what it is i hope there, all I this hope I hope all of the, the the AI mavens are watching are going to be watching I, I, this when we when we throw it out there. Oh, I and hope then, so. You know, and I they're going to so. all come back to you and say, "Come on, come on, you know, come on." We, we have I, a definition. I, come on, we have, wanna... we've had a definition of artificial intelligence since 1956. Well, get with the program. <laughs> well, that'll bring you back to Princeton, of course. No, it was Dartmouth. Hey. Well, it's not. Well, no, <laughs> it was the it green. Was... It was the green machine. Well, Speaking of which, yeah. Anyway, uh, but 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 you know, come on. I mean, it, it's. It, I don't know. That that's just well, the way I stand on in, it. In uh, the yeah. news, in the newsletter, Alan, you you mentioned the new update to FSD, and I don't know where that fits into the picture, or, or what Michael's going to write about that next. Well, uh, you know, I, I'm glad they're calling it FSD and forgetting putting on there what the F and the S and the D stand for. I mean, I don't know what FS and D stand for. Call it FSD. But don't put in a bunch of names that is going to put in my mind when I think about it to, for it to be not what it is. Okay, I mean, you know, the, to to actually put it, the name on it, the name is on there so that when a when a human hears it, they then all of a sudden take all the the information that's around that name and attach it to it. It's a way to grab grab all sorts of other concepts and bring them together. That's why you put names on things. Or I think that's why you put names on things. And that's why you go after names that all of a sudden are going to make you bigger than you are. And that's why you call something AI. Oh, it's intelligence. Hey, that's a good thing. Oh, Princeton degrees. Whoa. And you're at Princeton. Whoa. Cut it out. <laughs> Alan, I thought of you last night, too, when uh, Elon Musk had an event in, in Nevada unveiling his semi, yeah. his semi de delivering the first uh, trucks to uh, Pepsi. Yeah. yeah. And what he talked about uh, was how much better life will be for the drivers in these trucks, something that you uh, talk about pretty frequently. Well, yeah, and 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 I know, but yes, absolutely. I've said it, and, and last night maybe the first time that he said it. Although somebody can correct me and say no, he said it before. But my goodness, he is entering the class eight market, which is heavy trucks, from nowhere. I mean completely against you know against all the big guys the daimlers and the volvos and the max and the whatever and the do 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 that that are out there he's coming in from with carrying his ev part of it why because it seems to be just you know a, a, a black hole that wants ev it's coming to the black hole and he's you know and he's bringing now a class eight vehicle okay and apparently, I don't know, it's not like like the, the way Nikola did it and trying to just get the thing to go downhill and therefore you release the brakes and it doesn't have anything in it, okay, or you push it. 
he apparently like demonstrated, you know, with this thing, the acceleration going up, whatever grade trying to go to things that, that look like the, um, the Eisenhower tunnel on interstate 70. Okay. And, and, and showing what, what people who do these trucks must say, oh my goodness, who, whoa, hey, this is pretty damn interesting. And then they go look at diesel fuel prices in the United States and they look at electricity and electricity is free, right, Michael? But at least yeah. electricity, what goes in your brain? Oh, it's free. The sun's shining. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden now you're in this aura of now. And then he just takes FSD and puts it in there. Essentially zero marginal cost to him. And now all of a sudden he can make this thing. So it provides all the, all the much of the advanced driver assistance stuff to make it easy to drive, you know, feed off, whatever, so on and so forth, even maybe safer. Mm. Ooh. Marginal cost zero. Whoa. And now he's going to enter this market that has who looking for this, looking for he's going to kill it. I mean, I'm not kill. I mean, he's going to be, they must all be, you know, uh, oh my goodness, lining up, I guess. I don't know. Lining, lining up for what? Lining up to buy him. Uh-huh. I think, I don't know. I mean, I think he's got, I don't know. He's got how many orders for his cyber truck, which is the goofiest thing you ever saw, probably. Well, that's how he got all those pre-orders. I don't know what he must have for pre-orders. I think one would have to go to Volvo Trucks and ask, hey, how many pre-orders do you have for your 2024 model? I think they released a number for 2024, 50,000 is his target. He's going to make 50,000 of these. Well, he may make 50,000. I don't that know what mean, he has for right. pre-orders. Pre well, the, what's the market for class eights per year? I don't know. We can look it up 200,000 or something like that, or maybe maybe in US or something. I'm not sure. I, I don't think it's much more than that per year. It might be might be a half a million, but but it's it's not great. Yeah, I mean, you know. Isn't, isn't it isn't it odd that that there's a, that companies that have made trucks and buses and cars have moved out of the making trucks and buses and cars and <clears throat> and into the we make cars we make trucks maybe we make buses too like Scania makes yeah. trucks and buses and Volvo makes trucks trucks and buses yeah. Volvo used to be one company where Volvo yeah. cars was together with yeah. Volvo trucks and buses. Again, I think, I, yeah, you, you, you know, I, I there's there's a reason why they're, they're two very very different markets. They're two very different types of actually three. The bus market and the and the truck market are extremely different. Extremely how you different. sell them, how you it, maintain extremely, them, extremely you know. different. Yeah. So, um, I'm not I, saying anything on this because I I, yeah, I I don't believe that a company like Tesla can move into a market. And I, and I said the same thing about Nikola, that can move into a market of heavy, heavy vehicles um, simply by saying we make, you know, we got, we have an electric, we have a platform, we put a, we put a cab on it. And that's the end of the story. 
I just yeah, don't think it's going to work that way. But look, people yeah. have, people have have underestimated the the musketeer before, and yeah. uh, we'll see. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And and we look at the other the other ones that are out there. They're you know pretty much Nicola. I mean, what an embarrassment. And who knows what you know what the others that that maybe had you know good um, um, uh, ideas there and and. And the ones that have been trying to do hydrogen or versions of hydrogen, who knows where they are? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just looking at this and seeing. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, this is this is maybe you know the same place when when Elon first came out with his Roadster, and who would have thought the Roadster was going to lead to the S, was going to lead to the three, was going to lead to the Y, was going to lead to the Cybertruck, was going to lead to now this Class A truck. I mean, I don't know. Just saying that that if if there if somebody's going to get into this market and whoever's in there now, um, and whoever's thinking about putting in uh, whatever sort of driver assistance and so on into their vehicles, and I I know they're all uh, Scania included. There's an article this week again. You know, Scania wants to do it. You know, to help the truck driver. Again, we've been we've been talking about the same concept for how many times, Michael? You know, again, even for trucks, it's not to make them driverless. It's to help the poor. I'll call them the poor truck driver. My goodness, somebody's in there with hands on the wheel, feet on the pedals, ten hours or plus a day to put food on the table. Six days a week. Oh my goodness! Any help that I mean, some of this stuff can help them. Okay, it should be helping them. And I think that the CEOs of the trucking companies of of the U.S. Expresses, of the Schneiders, of the J.B. Hunts, of the and even the the the, the mom and pops, okay, can really justify helping these employees of the company improve their lives by just giving them some help. And what could it cost? But the, the, Almost the, nothing. The trucking companies have been doing this for the last 20 years. I mean, they're, they've all got, if you look at, it, at, at a new truck, even, even five years old, these trucks have an enormous amount of advanced driver assistance systems that, that, that goes far beyond what's in, what's in the cars. Because yeah, it, you've got professional drivers who are there who are capable of, of appreciating them and using them. They're and, all there. Yeah. And, and there's to me, to me, my view is there should be even more. And probably there shouldn't be, as we discussed with the, with the personal car, this should be essentially in the trucking company, all focused on improving uh, the life of the driver and not focused on dry, taking the driver out of there. Okay. I mean, they're, two different businesses they're two different businesses they're two different businesses and you can readily do and improve the one and the other one man get out of here the amount of stuff you have to do to that come on there's there's one thing we didn't mention here is that the inflation reduction act uh, one of the provisions offers purchasers of new medium and heavy electric trucks up to a forty thousand dollar tax credit. Yeah, if that's it. That could, I suppose, help to fuel sales tremendously. There's another yeah. one with respect to electric. 
instead of the, them being 80,000 pound limits, they're 82,000 pound limits. Because of the battery, right? Well, I don't know because of the battery. And That's maybe what Musk because of, said. Well, it's because of the battery. Maybe, maybe those damn things weigh so damn much more than diesel fuel, which they do, and you need that. But it's also to you know make sure that there is not a penalty in what you can carry, although very few Class A's max out weight-wise, I think. You look at the percentage of what a class A is moving on highways, miles, whatever, you know, percent of those those vehicle miles, weight maxing out versus volume maxing out. And then, hey, you know, 40 percent of it is empty anyway. I don't I don't know the industry well enough, uh, no, I know I mean, you know, Alan, but he's talking about a fully loaded. Uh, it's called full truck. full truck load, full truck load, partial truck load. I mean, it's it's right. yeah, a yeah. lot of the a lot of the like the WalMarts and the of the of the world are moving via, moving goods that don't belong to them to get to keep to fill the truck up after it's right. delivered the loads that did belong to it. So well, it's, it, it's not only that; it's the stuff that you put in it. Is it going to wait out? In other words, before it fills the volume. Does the weight of the whole thing become greater than 80,000 pounds or not versus filling out, you know? And, and, and being loaded, few. Alan, he's talking about a range of, of 500 miles. I don't know enough about the industry to say, is that is that good enough? Oh, no, it's absolutely, it's fantastic. In my, in my, hey, you know, I used to play in that industry, okay? If you look at the distribution of, of, of length of haul, 500 miles probably gets you, uh, 500 miles and less probably gets you, I don't know, way over 50% of the, of the, of the, of the goods movement. And if it's really long, a substantial amount of it goes by choo-choo, my rail. Okay. And yes, there are trucks going back and forth, you know, cross country, but I, I you know, I, I'm not current with I'm not current with what the current numbers are, but a lot of them go by rail. And in fact, the length of hauls are not all that long. Okay. And, and, and so you, you have manufacturing going to warehouse, going to warehouse, going to warehouse, going to warehouse and so on. So, so again, the, the trip length distribution is very skewed towards, towards low volumes. And then if you look at things moving up and down the Northeast corridor, Northeast corridor, 500 miles, beautiful. Sure, stuff goes from Long Beach to Manhattan. Very few. Because if something's coming from China, going to Manhattan, it goes in Port Newark, Port Elizabeth. It doesn't go to Long Beach. Okay, so, you know, a lot of this... Hey, I think 500 uh, miles is really good. I, I mean, I think 300 miles, 500 miles. It's it's there's these are red herrings. It doesn't. Yeah. I mean, you, what you're trying to do is you're trying to compare it to to having gas stations everywhere, and having charging stations nowhere. But eventually, you've got charging stations that are there. The problem is the charging stations don't work 
50, 20 percent of the charging stations don't work when people get there, or if you do get there, the charging stations are 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 filled, so you need to put more of them in there, and then you don't have a business case because you get too many charging stations and not enough people using them, like the ones that are in front of our house that I've got pictures of in the in the this issue of the dispatcher, and we have a gas station that's been placed in front of our apartment building with four four really big it's not gas it's it's chargers but they're on the they're on the sidewalks you know if shell had said we're going to put a gas station in front of you in front of every other apartment building in stockholm you know how far would they get well now we've got we've got the, the equivalent or even worse and nobody's using them because of course they, you know they've got better places to charge their cars not not in you know in in front of our our apartment building that's really not that's that's so unimportant it's how how is the business case for a truck company and now elon musk is is trying to put himself into the business of being a truck company how does that differ from being in the business of being a car company and it's not just simply oh i've got this platform and it's got a big thing on it and this is another platform and that's got a smaller thing on it this one carries kids to school and this one carries televisions to or, or screens to you know to Walmart, but it's they're two very very different businesses. I don't I don't know anything about his business of you know what he's how he's going to run the business of being in the truck business. Who's going to buy them, and how they're going to be serviced? How they're going to how they're going to continue to work? I don't know anything about that. And right now, I don't have the bandwidth to even care about that business. What I care about right now are the things that I've been writing about. Uh, maybe I'll get to to him and his trucks later, maybe. Well, well in, in in my view of him, you know, again from a distance, he must have employed some very good people who have looked at this market. And from what I see of, of the way he's approaching it, my goodness, um it, it looks it looks like it's being approached intelligently. Uh, focusing on on one entity to sell it to uh Pepsi is good because what they have concentrated places in which they produce this stuff and they send it to distribution centers and, 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 and stage it at, at various places. And so he can handle that and you can do the, you, those places selling, they will put the charging stuff because they're not just going to go anywhere to anywhere. Okay, they're going to be constrained within a corporate entity, and just like he did with respect to the the S and the cars, he's going to he started in California. He started where rich people live, and and he knew that they were going to buy them. He knew where they were going to use them as toys, and he put the charging network where they were going to use them as toys. He's going to probably do and has the same people out there doing it for him because he's not doing all this stuff. It, it requires people to do this. It requires a whole organization of entities they they see it also they're they're starting with a constrained customer set that they can serve and 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 they'll serve that and then at some point they'll find another big customer another big customer which again again i always say these things because what i'm trying to do in the moose style, hey do the same thing with respect to the driver let's, let's start in places where it's going to be appreciated yeah. And he's probably looked at and he's worked with Pepsi and he's realized and he and they know all their trip length distributions for how much they have to move from where to where to where and how how hub and spoke it is and what they can do with it and what the backhaul opportunities are and all that. That's all anybody intelligent working with him is going to do all that stuff. And I think they've done their homework there. And they're sitting there with some assets that they can really disrupt this damn market. 
Now, whether or not they will and they'll trip and because they don't know, you know, some aspects of the business and so on and so forth that, that others who have been in it forever know, I, I don't know. But yeah, it hasn't been Nicola trying to just push something downhill. Not to mention, he's got, he's got a new connection to a major chip supplier because Pepsi owns Frito-Lay. And I was hoping we'd get a little lighter here. I was, when, I, when you we mentioned Pepsi, <laughs> when you mentioned Pepsi, I, I thought of the old, the old Saturday Night Live with John Belushi. When he, Coke, Coke, was, no yeah, Pepsi. Coke, no Pepsi. You know, ma making his oh, hamburgers. Pepsi, no Coke, whichever it was. <laughs> whichever, I can never remember which one it was. Uh, well, Michael, thank you so much for another terrific edition of The Dispatcher. Great my reading. Pleasure. And uh, we encourage everyone to take a look at Michael L. Sena, S-E-N-A dot com. Thank you to CARTS, the Corporation for Automated Road Transportation Safety, for helping to make this podcast possible. CARTS is a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to safe and high-quality mobility for all. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, wherever you turn to for podcasts, Anchor FM, Amazon, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, can ask your smart speaker to play us too. You can find my tech reports at textonation.com. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening or watching. Have a great weekend. Yeah, and thank you everybody. And Fred, make sure you put in the, the chapters of this because we went on for a very long time and we really don't want don't have to have people stick with us for the whole hour and a half, but uh, you know, there. Very good discussion, Michael, I think. And in any way, hopefully um, um, our audience will enjoy it.